Good morning, and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, A Vision for You Big Book Study. My name is Penny C., and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater from the Boston area. Today is Friday, July 9th, and this is the 7 a.m. Eastern Time meeting. Today we are reading from the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous, and we are on page one, excuse me, we are on page 69, the fourth paragraph, that begins with God alone can judge. Today's readers are Davilyn E. for the 12 Steps, Vanita L. for the 12 Traditions, and the readers of the text are Tenson P. and Lisa B. And um, Vanita will also be our backup if we need anything else. The share IDs for yesterday Thursday, July 8th are these, 7 a.m. Eastern Time, 17,312-17312. And for yesterday's 10 a.m. Eastern Time meeting, 17,313-17313. Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who through shared experience, strength, and hope are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and compulsive food behavior and and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose is as OA's tradition five states. Each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At A Vision for You, Big Book Study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence in the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. And now I'm going to ask Davilyn E. to read the 12 steps for us. Good morning, Davilyn. Davilyn, you can't be heard yet. May I be heard now, Penny? Yes, yes. Thank you, Penny. Good morning, everyone. My name is Davilyn E., and I am a compulsive eater living in Manitoba, Canada. The 12 Steps of Overeaters Anonymous. One, we admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, We're entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly ask him to remove our shortcomings. 
Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. Ten, continued to take personal inventory and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. Eleven, sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. And 12, having had a spiritual awakening as the result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Pass. Thank you, Davil and E, for doing that. And now we have Vanita L., who's going to read the 12 traditions. Good morning, Vanita. Benita, star one. Benita L. from Georgia, recovered compulsive reader. One, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. For our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God, as God may express itself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. The only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. For each group should be autonomous, except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group should has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, an OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise, lest problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never to be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. Ten, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues, hence the OA name ought never to be drawn into public controversy. Eleven, our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the levels of press radio, film, television, and other public media of communication. Twelve, anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all of these traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. Thank you, Vanita L. And now this is how our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we are discussing and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes, and I will be timing and giving a a gentle reminder if needed. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year, for readers is six months. 
There is no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star 1, which will unmute you. Once you are done sharing, let us know by saying pass, then press star 1 to mute your phone again. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone except the speakers should be muted. And today we resume our study of the big book on page 69, the fourth paragraph, which is really the last line on that page, which starts with God alone can judge. And I'm going to ask Tenzin P to read that and share for us. Good morning, Tenzin. Good morning, Penny. Good morning, everyone. So grateful to be here. Um, okay. God alone can judge our sex situation. Counsel with persons is often desirable, but we let God be the final judge. We realize that some people are as fanatical about sex as others are loose. We avoid hysterical thinking or advice. All right. You know, as with these other paragraphs recently that we've been reading, there's so much packed into just these few sentences. So the first thing that uh, comes to mind for me is that we are in the fourth step. And so the first step, we admitted we were powerless over food, dash, that our lives had become unmanageable. So the fourth step is dealing with everything in, in that first step that comes after the dash that our lives had become unmanageable. So here in this paragraph, we're talking about, uh, we're focusing on sex, um, but, but we're also, there's talk about God. And we ha- we're in step four here, but we have just come through step two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. And step three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. So that's how come we can be talking about God here. You know, God as you, as we understand God, alone can be the judge of our sex situation. Now, in terms of the unmanageability, it's interesting So I looked up the word fanatical. It says we realize that some people are as fanatical. Well, this really, this description totally reminds me of how it was for me, not only with my food, but in my um, relationship life, intimate life. So fanatical from the dictionary, rabid, maniacal, single-minded, obsessive, obsessed, compulsive, frenzied, frenetic. All right. So um, this is what many of us are dealing with when we are with courage coming to work on our fourth step, turn them over, and then move on in the steps. So, and then hysterical in the next sentence. It says, we avoid hysterical thinking or advice. Well, hysterical from the dictionary, overwrought, emotional, 
out of nothing wrong with emotions, but this is talking about the excesses when only our emotions are in charge, out of control, unrestrained, in a panic, manic, deranged, out of one's mind. So all of this is describing behaviors that I had with the food that led to my bottom, that led me with gratitude into this program. And, and then this is, how, this is the parts we are working on in this uh, sexual piece of the inventory. And as it says, God alone can judge our sexual situation, but I work with someone else. You know, I have a sponsor. I have a guide. I'm going to be Time turning tends. over. Thank you very much. I'll be finishing up. I'm going to be turning over my fourth step in the fifth step. And um, there's a lot of hope in this in this reminder and facing the craziness that has been there. So with that, I pass. Wishing everyone a blessed day. Thank you so much, Tenzin. And now I'm going to be, uh, before I take some names, uh, a reminder that um, we're asked to hold on to our sharing if we've shared in the last two days and let other people um, speak. So if you shared on Wednesday or Thursday on any one of the meetings uh, vision for you, please um, hold back today. And I'm, with that, I'm going to take names of people who want to share, and I'm going to do my best to hear every name. So. Who would like to share? Heidi. Heidi. Joanna. Okay. Lisa B. Larry. Larry K. Gara L. Lisa B. Wait a minute. Wendy M. Larry. Who was after Larry? Larry K. And who was after Larry? Amy G. Somebody G. Amy. Wendy M. Okay, I have a lot of last initials. Gara so when L. I somebody L. <laughs> okay, let's stop there. And I'm really going to be calling last initials, and you please fill me in on your first names. Okay, um, let's see. We had Heidi, and then a I know. Um, yeah, I'm filling in Amy. I did hear Amy G. So let's do. We got Heidi. And then last initial N, then Lisa B, Larry K, Amy G, last initial M, and last initial L. So Heidi, will you start with us? Start for us, please. Heidi. Hi, I'm Heidi H. I'm a compulsive overeater out of Wilmette, Illinois. I'm very grateful to be here, and thanks to everybody for your service, especially the reading. This has been about a week that I've been turning into, tuning in, I guess. I'm a first-time sharer, and it's been great to listen, especially this part of the big book, which is no stranger to me. Um, I just have to share that when you use words like fanatical and hysterical, those are words and emotions or actions that were very, very uh, comforting to me. Those were the defects of characters and um, patterns, how I acted uh, that are to be revealed in doing a four-step. Well, I just want to report that compulsive overeating has been an issue for a long time. 
and it has uh, struck its ugly head in the last four or five months horribly at night eating, binging. And I'd like to say that in, last night I had a situation, uh, you know, I'm uh, been looking for a new job and been negotiating, and they don't want to move forward something with a, a non-disclosure. So it really put a wrench in things. And you know what? I was peaceful. Uh, I took a walk. I asked God for help. I called another person in the program. I was not hysterical. Oh, no. I was disappointed. And the other miracle, I didn't overeat. I had my dinner. I took a walk. I had some water. And I went to bed. And I knew I'd check in with you guys in the morning. It works. It really does. That's not till page 88. Grateful, grateful that I've seen some growth today and was able to handle it with some dignity and grace. It doesn't take away a little bit of the anxiety, but it's not over the edge. Anxiety isn't bad, but when you add fear, it becomes hysterical. And I was able to weather that storm last night. I'm grateful. I wish you all a blessed weekend, and I'll keep coming back and pass. Thank you very much. And that was Heidi H. And now, last initial N. Please share. Hi, my name is uh, Johan N. And I'm a recovered compulsive overeater in Sweden. Uh, thank you so much for service today. Thanks for that lead chat. That was amazing. And for this paragraph, that's also amazing. And it's been a very, very fantastic week uh, attending this meeting, listening to all the shares. And first, uh, when I when I worked the steps the first time, I uh, I was uh, was not honest to to begin with in my fifth step. I had hidden things. I had things in my sexually sex inventory that I didn't want to share with anybody. But uh, coming to step six and seven. I just couldn't, I couldn't uh, go through. I tried to get through on the seventh step, but it couldn't. Uh, so at last I shared it, and, and in the end I had my spiritual experience. And uh, as an addict, everything is absolute for me. I am really a fanatic, you know, it's all or nothing. And that's how it's been all my life. I never had a moral compass until I came to these rooms. Uh, and started to listen to, to God himself instead of listening to the ego that I'd done all my life. I was treating life, doing what I wanted, when I wanted, and it was just a mess. Uh, but thankfully today, through this uh, amazing program, uh, I got recovery, I got recovered, and today, uh, by working step 10, 11, and 12 to the best of my ability every day, I listen into God's voice. I follow the compass of God, of love, instead of the ego, of fear, and of anger. So I'm so grateful that I, uh, that I found this program, uh, that I found Vision for You, and uh, that I found recovery. And if I just do the, uh, the footwork, uh, God will do the rest. God keeps me abstinent. So. Thank you so much, and I'll pause. Thanks. Thank you so much for that share. And next we have Lisa B. 
Oh, good morning, Penny. My name is, <clears throat> excuse me, my name is Lisa B. And I'm a recovered compulsive overeater in sunny South Carolina. And um, I was thinking about this reading. And, you know, it is saying that uh, counsel with others is desirable, but we let God be the final judge. And that makes me think about, you know, page 100, that this is all about my relationship with God. That's my creator. That's why I'm going through these steps is not to have a great relationship with my big book guide or my sponsor, but it's really to get tapped into that presence with God. And I've learned about the three prayers, the three relationship prayers that in the beginning, you know, I learned with the sex inventory, but they're now my relationship prayers. And those prayers are, God, please mold my ideals and help me live up to them. God, please show me what to do about this specific matter or each specific matter. And then we have those earnest prayers. We pray for the right ideal guidance in each questionable situation sanity the strength to do the right thing and sanity you know to me would be the opposite of hysteria and i need to remember this when i'm working with others and i'm taking fifth steps or helping them when they're working on their fourth step that i don't want to really be giving advice i just want to try and share any experience strength and hope that i had in getting tapped into this power this wonderful loving source my higher power god and i want to avoid hysterical thinking or advice and the opposite of hysterical would be calm and the way i get calm is by getting centered in with god but when i'm on the fourth step i'm not quite there yet i'm not recovered i'm not centered in but i could do these prayers and go forward and trust and not act impulsively i don't need to do anything just write everything down, you know, at the fourth step. But um, when I get into the eighth step and the ninth step, then yes, I definitely want to talk to people before I take action. But this is just hearing that direction and having faith that it's going to be provided. The direction is there. Even if I don't feel it yet, it's there. I just need to keep doing the work. And I have to remember this is all, everything is about my relationship with God. So with that, I pass. Thank you. Thank you, Lisa B. And now we have Larry K. from Chicago Cubs. Good morning, Larry. Good morning, Penny. Go Red Sox. They're doing well, huh? They're doing well. Uh, Larry K. Recovered Compulsive Overeater. You know, a couple things stand out for me in this uh, paragraph. Um, People have alluded to the word hysteria. You know, in my professional world, there's a word that's closely parallel that's called histrionic. And it has nothing to do with history. (laughs) In fact, there's a disorder, a histrionic personality disorder, but that's off the topic here. But histrionic, it's kind of an sort of a, you know, when we have an exaggerated, dramatic behavior that's, that's designed to attract attention. And I will tell you that when we get hysterical, when we get histrionic, I, the person, you know, will say that, no, that's not me. And they would pass a lie detector test. They would pass, they would absolutely, because that's not their intention to be that. And they don't know that they're that way. And that could be me at times, you know. And again and again, we're told to rely on God's will, not our own. You know, when is it? How do I know whether the thoughts I have are leading me towards God's will or my own? Because it's a good question. You know, and, and because there was a time for every single person on this line, that massive amounts of food or, or some sort of unhealthy food behavior was so clearly our prevalent thinking. It seemed right at a certain time, you know, but it was wrong. And today, 
here's how I, you know, try to discern the distinction. You know, it's, it's really quite simple. When, when any thought or action is based on love and selflessness and honesty and purity, not struggle, not defilement, but, you know, that's God's will. That's my higher power's will. But conversely, self-will are those thoughts that I have, the actions that I take, the words that I speak with, with e- when ego is front and center. In other words, it's with the determination to get my own way, to get what's, what I most desire, no matter what the cost. You know, and, and just because an opportunity presents itself and looks appealing doesn't necessarily mean it's from God. And likewise, you know, just because an open door looks a little uncertain doesn't mean you shouldn't walk through it. So, you know, for me, I wish I, I wish hope came as naturally to me as my dog, you know, because my golden doodle, Cherry, well, my daughter's golden doodle, taught me that a dog, you know, that's never caught a bird, she chases after birds. She keeps chasing birds, and I'll be damned, she never catches a one of them. But every day she goes out there and she chases after another one. Boy, that's the hope that I want to bring, the hope that I can tap into what God wants for me today, each day. That's the type of hope I want to embody. With that, I pass. Thanks, Penny. Thank you, Larry. And next we have Amy G. Good morning, Amy. Good morning. My name is Amy G. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater from Maryland. Thank you for an awesome meeting. Boy, these words in here, you know, fanatical, hysterical, um, the extremes of being fanatical versus loose. I mean, I don't know about you all, but when it comes to the sex relationships and, and relationships in general, there's a lot of emotion there and a lot of extremes. And that's how I live my life in the ones and the tens in the world. It was very clear to me through my inventory, I either thought that I was the worst of the worst when it came to all of these things, or I was the better of the best. There was nowhere in between. There was a huge dichotomy in my life, a grand canyon inside myself. And when I couldn't deal with it, you know, of course, food came a calling. And what I uncovered, you know, uncovered, discovered, and discovered what I realized in this inventory, particularly the sex inventory, was that I truly, by facing myself, mentally facing myself, was an incredible because I learned that I didn't live in those extremes anymore. And uh, life is somewhere. Recovery is somewhere in the middle, and that's a beautiful thing. I didn't know that then, but this was the process of getting to understand that. I was no worse. I was no better. I just needed to join the human race and look the world in the eye, knowing that through this process, through these 12 steps, through this relationship, I mean, he's talking about here a relationship here with my higher power. It's talking about God alone with my higher power. Let God be the final judge. This is me actively engaging in my relationship with my higher power as I work this inventory. And it's beautiful because it's giving me that opportunity to develop that relationship as I go through this inventory and then turn it over to another person in my step five. So the beauty of this is that I've learned I don't need to live, and I don't need to live that way anymore. And instead of hating myself by looking at this inventory, which was my greatest fear, that by uncovering all of this, you were going to see I was the worst person in the world, what I found out instead is that I was just a suffering 
compulsive overeater needing to learn how to recover. And the beauty is this program has the answer. These steps are the answer. And I can plug into a higher power and I'm equipped to change. How incredible is that? Miracles still abound today because I can look the world in the face today knowing that I don't do this perfectly, but I have a way out to act differently and join the human race. And with that, I'll pass. Thanks. Thank you so much, Amy G. And next, uh, someone with the last initial M. Penny, this is Wendy M. in North Carolina. Yes. Please go ahead. (laughs) Thank you. Wendy M. in Raleigh, North Carolina. And um, this, this morning, what just really, really, really hit me, and I don't have anything very enlightening to say as I'm just coming through the steps again, working on um, eight and nine from a horrendous, horrendous relapse. And I do hope that that is um, the last time the disease beats me in that way. Um, And very much found out that it was, this disease was not just about the food. Um, But what hit me this morning is God alone can judge our sex situation. And I constantly, constantly look to others to fit in, to know what is right, to know what to do with everything. And from my the very beginning of my sex situations, it was all about others and fitting into, and just the words "God alone can judge our sex situation" was so touching for me this morning, um, and so helpful to hear um, that that is where I'm turning. That that is who my partner is, that is who my director is, and um, I have a disease that is going to kill me, and I have one director that is going to save me, Um, and so I'm very thankful that we read that, and I'm so thankful for all of the other shares this morning, and thank you for hearing my last initial penny. I'm going to pass. Thank you, Wendy M., And thank you for giving me your first name. And now one more last initial, L. Yeah, this is Dara L. Is that who you heard? Yeah, would you spell Dara, D-A-R-R-A-H? D-A-R-A. D-A-R-A. Thank you so much. And go ahead. Thank you so much. I'm Dara L. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater in Philadelphia. And um, God alone can judge our sex situation really stood out to me too. And elsewhere in the big book, it talks about, you know, well, where do we find God? And and it says deep down in every man, woman, and child, it's a fundamental idea of God. And, um, you know, I really, I really believe that this split between the way I want to be living my life and the way I am living my life, that sort of spiritual separation from God, from others, is what did me in, you know, is what's responsible for me, you know, wanting to to kill myself um, and trying, you know, actively trying to kill myself with food and sex and other things, you know, and um, 
And yet, when I read this paragraph, I have so much compassion for myself in active addiction because I, you know, I I believe that as addicts, um, as food addicts, and other things, you know, like that that the core of all of that is spiritual separation, and that's just my my belief system. Um, and you know, when I'm separated from source as an addict, I think I'm dying. And then I do get hysterical and I do get fanatical. I get crazy because I realize, you know, that I'm dying. And so then what do I want to do? You know, I want to, I want to stuff myself with food. I want to control people. I want to, you know, be promiscuous. Like there's all these things that I do because at some level I feel like inside I am caps, you know, I'm capsized and I'm drowning and I don't know what to do. And, um, and, you know, I don't feel a need to do any of those things when I'm spiritually connected because I know that, you know, I'm connected to the source of life. I'm connected to energy. I'm connected to, to who I want to be deep down inside and I'm living out my own values. And, and then, like, there's no reason to be hysterical. There's no reason to be fanatical. There's nothing to fear because my will is aligned with God's will. And so, you know, I mean, I used to just seek every single answer outside of myself um, to feel okay on the inside. And this program teaches me that, like, actually, I had it entirely op- opposite, and I need to cultivate a relationship with God. And that conception of God lives lives inside of me, you know. So, so that connection with source, that connection with love, that connection with who I want to be, um, is going to be the answer. It's going to be the answer to everything. And other people are sometimes where I find God, um, but they're not God. And, you know, that's what I get from the counsel with others, right? That, like, this doesn't happen in isolation. But also, my sponsor could relapse and I could still be okay. You know, my best friend in program could tell me they don't want to talk to me anymore and I could still be okay. Like, no human power is going to be my God. God, and yet um, I need human human people in my life to to connect um, in meaningful and loving ways. Um, and anyways, I'll pass. This is such a rich paragraph. Thank you so much, Dara L. And after I just remind everybody that we are on page 69, uh, and we started on the last line, God alone can judge, and... Um, and if you've shared in the last two days, um, please, you know, refrain from um, sharing today so that everybody can have a chance. And I'm ready to take some more names for people who would like to share. Do we have someone else who wants to share on this Linda paragraph? C. Please, again. Linda D. Linda D. Okay. Sandy S. Gingers. Sandy S. I think it was. Okay. Ginger C. Ginger C. Good morning, Ginger. Sam S. And Sam S. Vanita L. And Vanita. And we're going to stop there right now and and we can come back if we have time. So we have Linda D, Sandy S, Ginger C, CMS, and Vanita L. And we're going to ask Linda, Linda D, to begin this second group. Linda? Good morning, everybody. It's Linda D, recovered in Connecticut. Isn't that amazing? 
It is to me. This uh, discussion of sex and relationships and God all week has brought up so much healing for me, and it was painful. Uh, and it was wonderful, and, and I've grown from it. I think the thing that I know now that I didn't know when I came in, well, I didn't know anything except I was shattered. I could admit that. The point is, I did what I was told to the best of my ability. And you know what? I'm always doing that. And it's good enough to be human. To me now, this program is about a higher power. Turns out it's it or he or she is actually real, actually within. I get to find that out by practicing. I use the steps and I practice. I had to, I had to start talking to the air and um, on my knees and all the things some people do, like on their knees. I don't do that now. I don't have to beg God. God is love. I didn't even know God was real, let alone inside. Until somebody suggested that I actually place God that I didn't understand inside. Pick a spot. Not your big toe, Linda. Don't be funny. How about your heart? Okay, I picked a spot. And I talked to it. And I listened. And I practiced and practiced and practiced. And it's sometime later, like 40 years later. And um, and I have uh, seven and a seven, yeah, seven and a half years recovered. Uh, how did that happen? By doing this. By doing this and by listening to the truth at the core. And it's ex something you experience. You won't believe me till you experience it, but it's very, very real. People who do this know that. The truth saves me. And I ask, and there have been some really yuck situations in the last two weeks. And I've survived all of them, and I've grown. Uh, growing sometimes is very painful. Is it worth it? Of course it's worth it. The joy of living is real, really real. Fun is real. I didn't know God was funny. God is funny. So not all the time, but, you know, I'll bump into one of my wounds, and then i got to learn something. But that's about all I have to say. This program is a joy. It's magnificent. So get in the boat. It's worth it. I pass. Thank you so much, Linda, uh, Linda D. Yeah. And next, we have Sandy S. to share for us. Hi, this Good. is Sandy S. from Asheville, North Carolina. Um, I haven't shared in a while. and. I think part of the program for me is just showing up and just seeing what happens. Uh, I've been recovered for a very long time, and yet the underlying root of it, which I've shared before, bipolar disorder, um, is just being healed so slowly. The eating was healed like instantaneously and with a lot of 
you know, uh, willingness to just go to any length with regard to the food. And what's important for me is to avoid hysterical thinking or advice. No one really knows what I'm experiencing inside. No one. And um, I become hysterical. I become hysterical because I really realize that no human power can help me. And the only thing I could do, and I do work the 10, 11th, and 12 steps very rigorously, is to really be open to God's miracles. There is nothing I can do to heal this emotional imbalance, this self-absorption, and all the stuff that comes with it. And when I did my 10th step today, what really came to me was just this fear of, not, of God not being able to heal this. And the only thing I can do is be open to miracles because I put tremendous effort into my healing. But that, that's not going to create the transformation. I really know that only God can. And all I can do is be open to it and just, you know, do the next right step that I think God's directing me to do. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Sandy S. And next we have Ginger C. Good morning, Ginger. Hey, good morning, Penny. Thank you so much for your service. This is Ginger C. Still hanging in there, you guys. I don't mean to cry every time. I'm just in a lot of pain. And I'm literally just still fighting. And I just thank God that God is our final judge. Because relapse is about shame. And it's tremendous pain. And it's a cycle. Because the pain is so great, you got to get an effect. And you relapse, and then it gets bad in the relapse, and you try to get back. You desperately try to put that food down, but you can't get from bridge to shore. So today, I'm so happy to say it's day five. And I'm so grateful for this person who said, not only put the food down, but get busy so God can get you better. And I cannot believe the disconnect. I know that God's down deep within me. But I can't look the world in the eye. And that's the gift of the 10th step. But it takes time. But I just, my message, even though... It's been so hard. I trust this relapse because I wasn't with God. And I love someone's earlier share. It was so much more about ego. It was about sharing on vision. It was about all the phone calls. I had a God, but it was always in the wrong direction, too. And God's like, I love you too much. I want all of you, Ginger C, and you're coming home to me. And this relapse has really shown me where I need to go, what I need to do. And that's not missing God one minute, one second of each day. But I just pray I can get back because it's amazing, the pain of this relapse and how hard it is. That first time at Virginia Beach, it was so simple. I felt so good. And it was so simple. This one has been a nightmare. 
And I don't know if I will get back, and that's what scares me each and every day. So I'm so grateful you're still showing up and you're sharing this message, and I am still grateful for every beautiful bite. It was that I passed. Thank you, Ginger C. And may I say that I heard early on that tears are gifts. And next we'll have Sam S. Good morning, Penny. Thank you for leading. So Sam S., um, compulsive overeater from Bristol, Rhode Island. Um, I, I, I love and hate the line, we avoid hysterical thinking or advice. I'm all about hysterical thinking or advice. And, um, you know, the really hardest part of, I think, step one for me is that I cannot manage my own life. Um, And I have a a really good knack for trying to pull the audience and call people up when things are, are, in my eyes, wrong in my life. And so I'll call people and say, what do I do? What do I do? What do I do? And if I don't like their advice, I'll call somebody else and say, what do I do? And, um, and uh, it's really hard for me um, looking especially at the sex inventory uh, for really the first time and seeing again and again and again how I um, took people and uh, I used whatever I thought that I needed and then I just recycled them to another person. Um, and I do that with, uh, I saw that I do that with all of my relationships. I take what I need and um, even in recovery, I can do that just just try to take people and and try to manage my own life. And I I can't do that. But um, I love the both and that's offered here. God is my judge, but counsel with others is wise. So if I'm earnest about it um, and I look at what I I believe that I'm I'm getting from my higher power and bring that to someone in whom the problem has been solved and say, you know, this is what I think that I'm getting. I need that kind of objective view from someone to see if if it makes sense Um, because I can justify anything I can go up on a hill and tell you that chocolate's a vegetable Um, so I really need the 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 partnership of first and most importantly my God but also other fellows to tell me you know does this seem like does it seem like this is right because they're going to tell me and again, um, I need to go to people that care more about my recovery than my feelings to, to really be honest um, and help me keep my nose to the ground. So I'm just grateful, grateful for inventories that are, um, that reveal so much of, for me, what my mismanagement of life looks like and that there's a better way. And that, that way is with God. And with that, I pass. Thanks so much. Thank you, CMS. And now we have Benita L. to share. Hi, everybody. This is Benita L. from um, Georgia, a recovered compulsive overeater. Um, you know, I, I went into a program for my relationship behaviors back in, um, anyway, a long time ago. And so I've done a lot of looking at how I used sex to um, get my needs met emotionally. And, um, yeah, so a lot of thought has gone into what they're talking about in this paragraph. Today, though, I have a dog who got really injured yesterday, and I was part of her getting injured, and she's old, and it's the same 
principles for me today. I'm grieving. I was thinking maybe having to put her down before. Now she's maybe has probably has a head injury and is acting very strange. And it's like, you know, I need to accept my feelings today, which is grief. And I need to forgive myself and um, know that, you know, she's not immortal in her body. And um, to ask for help for people. You know, I asked my son to come stay with us yesterday for a few hours in the evening. And I need people. I need the God in people. And I need to, after this call is done, because I'm doing service on this call, I need to get quiet and go to you know, my my God and um, just be comforted and see a plan and not be hysterical today, but also to feel. Thanks. Thank you, Vanita L. And we have time for two more, at least two more shares. Who would like to take those spots? Maybe someone who's never shared before who or who shares infrequently? Michelle O. Michelle O. LJ. And LJ. Okay, go ahead, Michelle O, please. Michelle. Go ahead, who? Michelle O. I'm so sorry, guys. I thought I was still unmuted. This is Michelle O, compulsive overeater, bulimic in Michigan. Thank you so much for allowing me to share today. I want to talk about part of the unmanageability of my disease is that when I am in disease, I can believe things earnestly and I can take wrong actions and convince myself that they are right. And it's a very scary place to be, um, especially as I'm trying to build a life and build relationships. Last November, I had an affair. I'm in a committed relationship. I'm now engaged. I want to marry this person. And I have a lot of ideals that are associated with the relationship that I want to have and the person I want to be in that relationship. And what's almost the scariest thing if I look back on that affair is that I was convinced that my actions were right and um, I could also seek counsel from others who would agree with me and um, one of the hardest things for my fiance is to say what what's to tell me that your mind won't shift that you won't rewrite history all over again and the only answer I can give him is that I want to be in recovery because I otherwise cannot trust myself to listen to my higher power or to live up to these ideals. It's very frightening. And um, I just wanted to share that perspective of, of that particular aspect of unmanageability. And I also, similar to wanting to be able to compulsively eat, I, I wanted to be able to flirt and to compulsively act on you know, sexual attraction. And I was trying to bake that into Um, a plan for how my relationship would be going forward, mostly because I didn't think I could control myself otherwise. So I was trying to justify maybe with social ideas about what's acceptable sexually or, you know, liberation or whatever, but it, it didn't match my ideals. It's not how I'd want others to treat me. And today I have hope that I can live 
toward those ideals rather than shifting and lowering the standard because I can't control myself. Thank you. With that, I pass. Thank you, Michelle O. And now we have LJ. LJ, please share. We can't hear you. LJ, please dial one if you are muted. Okay, one more one more uh, call for LJ. Okay, then we have time for one more share. Who would like to take that time? Is there anybody who would like to take that last uh, share time? Okay, I'm going this to is, take... Uh, Tanya D., can you hear me? What is D? your name? Uh, Tanya D. D. Tanya, oh. go ahead, Tanya E. Yes. Uh, D., um, thank you. Uh, this is Tanya D., uh, recovered compulsive uh, overeater living in France for the year. And, uh, yeah, such a great paragraph um, to think about and reflect on, um, you know, the fact that ultimately God judges my uh, sex situation. And for me, really, this applies to any situation. Um, counsel with people, definitely advisable, because as others have shared, my head can sometimes rationalize anything. But in the end, I have to um, go with what I think my higher power uh, will is, because, you know, especially when it comes to relationships, there are so many approaches and so many ways to do it. And for me, that's always been scary, you know, because I, um, as others have shared, like look for approval from the outside. Um, and, um, you know, sometimes the what is God's will for me might upset another person. And, you know, in my mind, the easier, softer way is to just do something that makes other people happy. And this program challenges me to, you know, go beyond that. Doesn't mean I ignore other people's feelings or, or don't consider them. But, um, you know, for me, the hardest thing is when I know that the right thing after counseling with others and after considering my higher powers will um, is something that might um, lead to disappointment to another person. You know, one thing I learned early on in program is, you know, some like sometimes the right thing to do is to end a relationship. You know, that was something that I had a really hard do, time doing uh, with romantic relationships and just with, with friendships. But, you know, sometimes relationships outlive their lifetime for one reason or another. And uh, this program has taught me how to, um, you know, move on. Um, because if I stick around, that's not good for the other person either if the relationship isn't meant to be. And then, you know, I'm putting it all on the other person to end the relationship. And, you know, maybe I'm even trying to manipulate them into ending the relationship because, um, you know, I'm too scared to do it myself uh, and, uh, and potentially upset them um, in the process. And, and that's, you know, it, 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 seems like the, it seems like the easier, softer way for me to live. But now that I think about it, that's like a much harder way to be um, in the world where I, you know, I'm putting others in charge of my relationships um, instead of my, my higher power. Um, thanks for letting me share and with that I'll pass. Thank you so much, Tanya D. that was. Thank you, Tanya. And now we've come to the end of our meeting. And so thank you to everyone who shared. Please join us though for a second unrecorded hour of study immediately following the closing. 
The share ID for today, July 9th, 2021, is 17,318-17318. And we'll close now as we do our Vision for You meetings with the reading from the big book on page 164. And I'm going to ask Lisa B. to do that for us. Good morning, Lisa. Good morning, Penny. Thank you for your service. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. But obviously you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is a great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you until then.